0: Coming right up, Straight Talk with Art Levine. Our guest tonight, L.A. County Supervisor Don Knabe, as we continue our 20th anniversary year.
1: Closed captioning provided by SCAN Health Plan.
2: The land of freedom Is still the home
0: Art Levine. Good evening, and welcome to Straight Talk. We have a great show for you tonight. Our guest for the entire show is our friend and LA County Supervisor Don Kanabe. Don, welcome back to Straight Talk.
1: Thank you, Art. Uh, happy
0: twentieth anniversary. Thank, thank you so much. The county. Uh, what's the budget situation in Los Angeles County today?
1: Well, it's probably we, we call it a nimby budget. Yeah. Uh, we uh, have to be flexible. Um, right now, our BUDGET SITUATION, WE'RE IN A MUCH BETTER SHAPE THAN MOST ENTITIES. We, AS I'VE TOLD YOU BEFORE, WE PUT A LOT OF MONEY ASIDE DURING THE GOOD TIMES uh, TO BE PREPARED FOR SITUATIONS LIKE THIS. BUT WITH THE OBVIOUS THINGS ON THE HORIZON, LIKE REALIGNMENT, THE IMPACTS OF THAT ARE NOT FULLY ADJUSTED YET INTO OUR BUDGET. Uh, ANY FUTURE CUTS, uh, YOU JUST HEARD THERE'S POTENTIAL ANOTHER REVENUE SHORTFALL HERE IN THE STATE OF CALIFORNIA. SO THOSE IMPACTS COULD, uh, YOU KNOW, AFFECT US DRAMATICALLY. Right now, we're we're able to maintain services without furloughs or layoffs, uh, but we're right there on the edge right now. And so we're trying to ride our ship, balance our budget, put things in place should these other things fall in place and not work out too well for us.
0: It always seems to me to be unfair for the state to try and balance its budget on the backs of the counties and the cities. We've already seen what uh, their elimination of redevelopment has done, and that's taken money away from cities uh, and a useful tool. And with the realignment plan that you just mentioned, the state is releasing thousands of prisoners to to counties, and, and thousands, literally, to L.A. County. And uh, you have to deal with the uh, w- with that
1: situation, including the cost. Well, you know, we there are there is some funding. Um, that they have sent with some of these prisoners. However, it's, we estimate a very significant shortfall by the end of our fiscal year uh, in, into several million dollars. Uh, there's no guarantee. That's our concern right now beyond the end of June. And so what we're trying to deal with, uh, this puts us in a very precarious position on releasing prisoners, and we're supposed to be getting non-non-non, non-violent, non-sex, non-serious. Uh, and uh, that hasn't been the case thus far. There's been several folks slipped through the cracks. So we're trying to watch all that. So not only does it, there's no room at the end here. I mean, we have one of the our largest. J- the
0: county jails are filled, in overfilled, actually. Right.
1: And so part of this release program, um, you know, the state says, well, the federal judge says that we have to release 30,000 prisoners. We're going to get the majority of those they will come into our system. The impact it goes way beyond just the jail system. The impact goes to those other folks that you release. You've got the impacts on the welfare system and all the entitlement programs, the increased caseloads, because once they're out of prison, if they don't have a job, you know, those kinds of things, and they'll be entitled to this. So everybody's sort of overlooking that and just looking at a jail issue. Uh, I look at it as a jail issue. I look at it as an entitlement issue. But at the end of the day, I'm really concerned about public safety and the quality of life kinds of issues that we're going to have to deal with and you know somebody slipped into because they're not reporting we're only about half of these folks are supposed to report to us and only about half are reporting
0: we recently did a show with our city prosecutor Doug halbert and he pointed out that the sheriff the l.a county sheriff has enormous discretion as to who is released because the county jails are at capacity These state prisoners are coming in he can either choose to leave the state prisoners out on probation or uh, incarcerate them in the county jails and then leave out, uh, dismiss some of the current county jail prisoners, and the sheriff has enormous discretion with very few guidelines as to who gets released.
1: Well, I mean, he he does have a lot of discretion as to uh, the types of crimes that he can let out, I mean, other than, you know, severe violent kinds of criminals. Um, But at the end of the day, a lot of it's just on capacity issues and trying to make the right decision on a misdemeanor or someone else that's in there that may be able to go back into society uh... we're going to have to you know increase our uh, tracking program where you have you know the little anklet bracelets uh, tracking prisoners uh... It, it's 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 an overwhelming position to put us in and and you would hope uh... that the state realizes the impact on us and one of the things we're looking at right now is contracting out with other facilities that are uh, up and operating or were shut down by the state that we might be able to contract with on the remuneration that's, for that's the That's ironic. Yes. It's, you know, to reopen it a full bus- circle. Right. Reopen the state- a facility, <laughs> a state-operated facility to reopen it uh, and put their prisoners. Well, there. the state
0: is facing about a six and a half billion dollar deficit, and you know they're looking for places to squeeze, and if they can squeeze the counties, they squeeze, squeeze the cities. And, uh,
1: well, it really it's not a, you know, it's, not a, it's, it's counties, it's cities, it's school districts, it's community college districts. Uh, the impacts, you know, the push-down theory uh, is having a dramatic impact on all of our budgets. I mean, we're having, all having to make tough decisions. You just wish that realignment, uh, getting rid of redevelopment was all about the good or the bad. It's, it's really about balancing their budget on the backs of local government.
0: And we have long advocated on this show the principle of no mandates without money, whether it's from the feds or the state. If they're going to tell counties and cities to do things,
1: send the money to do it. Just don't tell them to do it. I, I mean, that's the biggest hit that we take uh, as as it relates to, you know, usually a lot of these programs begin with full funding, then they start peeling it away. And way back when, when the original Newt which when he was speaker in the contract with America, that was one of the ten top ten was the, no mandates without money for states and local governments uh, that has been forgotten and rolled back along the way not only at the federal level but obviously at the state level as well too
0: you bet okay well we continue this great discussion with the supervisor but first we have to pause for these messages get ready for turbocharged excitement at the thirty-eighth annual toyota grand Prix of long beach as dario Franchitti. Elio Castroneves and longtime Formula One star Rubens Barrichello hit the streets April 13th through the 15th. Plus, Toyota Pro Celebrity Race, sports cars, drifting, and concerts on Saturday with Joan Jett and the Blackhearts and Fiesta Friday with Bella Nova. Children 12 and under free with adult. Tickets as low as 26 bucks. Come feel the roar at the
2: shore. Supported by Edison International. In today's world, everything's connected, from the
1: workplaces that support us, to the homes that welcome us, to the trees and wildlife habitats that remind us how important our environment is. When a bird lands on a branch, and in the midst of a busy day, we stop to watch, it makes us realize we're all in the same boat. The Port of Long Beach welcomes this world with open arms, an environmental policy that's second to none, and a commitment to shaping a vibrant community. The Port of Long Beach, thinking outside the docks.
0: Continuing our conversation with L.A. County Supervisor Don Kanabi. Don, on an earlier show, you mentioned how so many votes at, uh, among the five of you Board of Supervisors are, are 5 nothing. There's agreement on it. And we look at Sacramento, which is dysfunctional. We look at Washington, D.C., which is dysfunctional. How come the county Board of Supervisors seems to get its act together
1: and the other levels don't? Well, one of the th- things that's taken out of our debate is the partisanship. I mean, and and if you look at the continuity of either Sacramento or Washington right now, it's very partisan. Yes. Uh, We are the recipient. I mean, while we sit here as the largest county in America, while we have a $20 billion-plus budget, uh, at the end of the day, we know what we have and how we spend it. And we have to fix the problems because we're the safety net. We respond to all the mandates from the state and federal government. And so we all have a certain responsibility. To solve problems. to, To solve problems, and we have to do it together. Uh, as I said, and you mentioned earlier, most of our votes are 5-0, sometimes 4-1. The only partisan votes we have are maybe taking a position on a ballot initiative or something like that. But other than that, you know, we're forced to look way beyond. The other thing is that we have the ability to make decisions. We're not contained by a gubernatorial veto or a presidential veto. We're not contained by a Republican caucus or a Democratic caucus telling us how to vote. And that's what happens a lot, particularly in Sacramento, where the caucus will hold their members to a vote on one issue they that become, really has become totally unrelated to a good public policy issue because they're trying to make a point, with the threat always of running someone against you in your own primary. So we get to go beyond that. That's why I love my job. I mean, you can really make a difference. You can do your debates. You can get upset. You can fight the fight. But at the end of the day, our job is to fix problems and to help people. And that's our focus. That's the way we look at it. I think, you know, Sacramento Washington get a little more esoteric and try to do it. But at the end of the day, um, we're responsible. And that's why we look at things different. We don't look, you know, when somebody comes into a county health clinic, we don't ask, are you a Republican or a Democrat? When somebody comes into our jail system, are you registered to vote? Are you a Republican? Are you a Democrat? We don't ask that.
0: You don't have the luxury of philosophical uh, uh, extremes that you have to follow. You solve problems.
1: We are, because, I mean, we're the safety net. The ultimate safety net for the people in need are on the backs of county government. Uh, and then, you know, you take that on down to cities and their responsibilities, the quality of life, police, fire, and all the other kinds of things, too. So you really, your focus, your focus is not partisan. Your focus is not, you know uh, you know, some philosophical debate. Our debate is how do you help these people in need, that that you're obligated by law to do. And
0: you represent, just for the record, over 2 million constituents, more than most governors in the United
1: States. Right. When I was on the Homeland Security Commission, I mean, I had two different governors that served on it with me that I had more people in my district than they (laughs) governed in their states. Amazing. I know one of your pride and joys is the Safe Surrender Program that apparently over 90... 90, Ninety lives have been saved, been saved through that program. We celebrated the 10th anniversary that last year, and it's it was an amazing process to bring back uh, some of the families and the kids. And, you know, you see a child that was this close to a, being in a trash can or a dumpster or the ocean or a lake, and you see the joyous families that are together. Uh, we've had, uh, I think, three or four this year already, uh, so we're up to 90 lives been saved. And
0: just for the record, safe surrender
1: means no questions asked. No question, no name, no shame, no blame. But the mother... We just had a situation in Long Beach. The mother has to go. Mother, father, grandma, whoever wants, the baby has to go through the threshold of any hospital here in Los Angeles County, any fire station here in Los Angeles County, any sheriff station. But you, have, you can't leave it in a parking lot. You can't leave it next to a car or in a car. You have to cross the threshold.
0: And we had a tragic situation just recently in Long Beach with the mother and the grandmother, and uh, the prosecutor appropriately has come down very hard on them.
1: Yes, I mean, you know, I mean you know, from yeah. where that baby was located to, say, St. Mary's in Long Beach was not that far a drive. All they had to do was to drive the baby down that far. And no name, no shame, no blame. And
0: tragically, sex trafficking among minors is not just a problem in Asia,
1: but it's right here. Right here in our own backyard. And, and uh, when I say our backyard, I mean all of Los Angeles County and Southern California. And it could be because of the ports. It could be because of the border. It could be of LAX. Uh, But it was a program that brought to my attention, briefed by our probation folks, that I was absolutely shocked and dismayed about. And so we've created a program through a grant program to isolate a courtroom in Compton uh, to deal just with this issue because most of these young ladies, uh, low self-esteem, come from domestic violence kinds of situations or no parent or one single parent, whatever it may be, and trying to deal bringing everyone together from health care to mental health to the you know the investigators to everyone else to try to treat them to show them and including housing to get them away because in many cases the pimp is waiting right side out the court door because as soon as they get their little slap on the wrist they go out there and they start pimping. And you're again. pushing
0: for getting transit involved in in this campaign. Well, in addition said.
1: to yeah to everything else uh, we got uh, MetroLink as well as our Metro folks involved. And uh, uh, just the other day uh, one of our senior executives of Metro noticed a situation and reported it to the law enforcement. We're not sure what happened, but uh, the public transit is another opportunity to move these sure. kids. And he's he's young as 11 years old, 12 yeah. years old. I mean, it's, it's a horrific thing and something you always think about in some of the third world country, but right here, here in, in our own backyard. backyard. Yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, in the next segment, we're going to get down close and personal with the supervisor. You won't want to miss it. We'll be right back. <music> We're back with Supervisor Don Konami. Don, I know you played uh, in a band when you were in high school, and you once told me that part of your ability to relate to people came from your
1: musical experience. I owe just about all my self-esteem to music. I literally do. I mean, it was such an important part of my life, but even, you know, at the time, you obviously don't think that, but as I reflect back, I mean, it had an incredible impact. I had my own band, and uh, you know, just had a great time.
0: Well, just to show you lessons well learned, Don and Julie participated in a wonderful event, Dancing with the Stars, uh, raising money for Memorial Hospital and uh, here they are uh, at the event and you raised more money than any other couple and the event raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for Memorial.
1: Yeah, we uh, we had a great time. It was a lot of work. We had a lot of fun. We've we been practicing every day since uh, November for the event and uh, you know, Julie and I have Actually, you know, today is our 44th wedding anniversary, and and, and we've been dancing all this time. When you dance, there are no mistakes. We've never had a choreographer, though, (laughs) and so you have to learn a routine and things like that. So, it was was a lot of work, but uh, the support was overwhelming. Uh, We were able to, uh, I think the whole event raised about $280,000 for the Women's Health Center in Long Beach Memorial, which is a great Great place for women's health, and yeah. and uh, Julie and I were able to raise over one hundred twenty-three thousand.
0: Well, congratulations, though. Well, worthwhile. Uh, your reelection plans. Uh, I understand you've announced that you are running for reelection one more term. You've been in office for sixteen years now.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm up for reelection uh, this June, uh, two thousand twelve. It will be my last term due to term limits. Uh, from my perspective, age-wise and everything else, it's a pretty good time to, to move on as well, too. So uh, we're gearing up for our campaign, and, and uh, uh, you know, God willing, it'll be our last term. And, and I've been blessed to, to be a part of probably the best government operation in the country, uh, one of the great political jobs in America to really make a difference in people's lives.
0: And you were on our show the very first time when you were running. Exactly. I think... Um, for supervisor, yeah, we did yeah, it right. over at the Lakewood. Space. Five or six candidates, running right? In. You
1: you uh, moderated a debate, and uh, uh, I, I reflect back to how relaxed uh, I am with you right now, and always have been, and been the friendship. But that first time on your show, I was a nervous <laughs> nervous wreck because you know I knew I was entering into a debate that uh, you know you you always want to make sure your facts are squared away and do yeah. that, but uh, uh, you kept the moderation and. And uh, kept us going, and uh, I think I did pretty well that you day. You
0: sure did. And uh, let me mention what you just referred to. We are taping the show on Friday, March 2nd. It will be airing in a couple of weeks, but happy anniversary. This is your 44th anniversary. 44th wedding
1: anniversary wow. today. So uh, wow. they said it wouldn't last. <laughs> <laughs> well, how do, you, how do you feel after
0: 16 years in, in public office, Don?
1: Well, I, I feel very good. I mean, I, I feel like I've been able to make a difference. Um, and I've had an incredible staff over all these years. You know, I always tell my staff I want them to be the Northsons of the 8-4 uh, because people come to us not because they're happy. They don't call us up to say thank you. They always have a need or a hurting. And so our job was to make sure that we get them through the system, through the safety net. But more importantly, I always want to know, if they didn't know how to contact my office, is there a way to fix the problem? And uh, as we talked before, I can get beyond presidential or gubernatorial vetoes or caucuses. We can look at things, fix things within the system, within the confines of the law, to make a difference in these people's lives. And I, uh, you know, I enjoy every minute of it. Uh, I, I still enjoy it. That's why I'm running for re-election uh, to be able to make a difference in people's lives.
0: And let me say a word about your staff because I've dealt with them for a long time over many years, and, and they are first-rate people, and they are so loyal to you. I, I've noticed uh, in the interviewing of, of hundreds of elected officials, you can tell a lot about an official by the attitude of their staff and the loyalty of your staff
1: and their deep affection for you is, is, is quite obvious. Well, it's a mutual affection, and uh, I push them very hard, uh, but I don't uh, you know, push them to do anything more than, than I'll do myself, and yeah. uh, we... Uh, we won a very strong operation. We're very visible. We work very, very hard and a lot of long hours.
0: Okay, switching subjects here. We have the Republican primary ongoing. What's your, what do you think is going to happen at the national level? Well,
1: on the national level, it's sort of interesting. I, you know, I haven't picked a candidate yet. Ah, uh, you're I, not I,
0: alone. Yeah, I, uh,
1: <laughs> you know, seems to be on, a reluctance in right, congealing around one. I served on the Homeland Security uh, Commission with uh, uh, Governor Romney, uh, but I, I, I think, you know, the debate. What concerns me is everybody's trying to push each other to extremes. Uh, I think that the uh, as, as of right now, I mean, and it's been said nationally too on some other shows. I think both of the candidates are you know the, the candidates are doing a pretty good job of giving uh, Obama some some good openings yeah. uh, in the fall. Um, I, I really think you know at some point, and when you look at Romney's ability to garner votes, and he's always staying around that twenty-eight thirty-five percent unless it's a head-on thing, uh, you, I think you really see some indecisions. It's, it's sort of like the other kinds of polling that you do, you know, the women's vote, whatever it may be. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised uh, to see a brokered convention uh, unless, you know, uh, Romney starts just to roll over everyone and, and yes. pick up the delegates. Um, if there's not a strong delegate count, I wouldn't be surprised to see a brokered convention.
0: It's interesting how... Uh In the primary, in the Republican primary, you need to prove your bona fides as the ultimate conservative to win the nomination. But then when you go to the general election, you need those independents and some Democrats to win. So you have to move to the right in the primary and then do a quick 180 Back to the middle in the general. It's the
1: same with the Democratic side too. They got to, you know, save the progressive side. Yeah. Um, And I think that's, you know, one of the things. That's why we are where we are as partisanship. I mean, that's why things aren't getting done in Washington, is the fact that you know you, you you just push yourself so far, when the real job you have to do on behalf of the taxpayers is spend their money wisely and solve problems.
0: We need a little more teamwork in Washington. Absolutely. We need more teamwork in Sacramento and thank you for being part of a of a really good working team
1: well i you know again it, it really makes a difference because our focus our focus is not on whether you're republican or democrat our focus is on the people we represent and the problems we have to solve and and it really makes a difference and i uh, i just i get concerned at the extremism on both sides of the aisle uh, when at the end of the day when they pass those things their mandates that come down to counties cities school districts community college district uh, sometimes I don't realize I don't think that they realize the impact that they have on these folks' lives because it's always one thing to say and you know get all the credit for it rhetoric, but those that have to do the work like counties you're, where the rubber meets you're the road. Rubber. Rubber okay,
0: we'll be back with the rest of our show after these messages.
2: 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. Take care of those who are closest to you, from our family to yours.
0: victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. I think we're very fortunate to have a public servant of the quality of Don Kanabe representing our city and this district. Uh, uh, There was some debate as to whether or not that he was going to keep that district, but thankfully he did. And uh, Don, you have about 30 seconds to say whatever you want
1: to our viewers. Well, I just, you know, first of all to you, Art, I have appreciated your friendship over the years and the opportunity to be on your show. And, um, YOU KNOW, AS AN ELECTED OFFICIAL, uh, YOU FEEL A REAL SENSE OF RESPONSIBILITY. AND IT'S NICE TO BE ABLE TO GET IN A FORMAT WHERE YOU CAN ARTICULATE SOME OF THE ISSUES OUTSIDE THE NORMAL POLITICAL DEBATE. AND I THINK IT'S IMPORTANT THAT PEOPLE GET TO SEE ALL OF US IN A NOT JUST uh, IN THIS GREAT CROWD OR PRESENTING A SCROLL OR DOING SOMETHING, BUT A ONE-ON-ONE WHERE YOU GET TO ANSWER SOME QUESTIONS AND REALLY DEAL WITH THE ISSUES AT HAND. AND AT THE END OF THE DAY, YOU FEEL THIS STRONG SENSE OF RESPONSIBILITY OF CONSTITUENTS. I LOVE MY JOB. Uh, you know, I want to continue it for four more years, but most importantly, I'm just honored to be able to serve and represent, you know, I mean, like I say, it's more than most governors. And, you know, this kid from Illinois and the Mississippi River, I feel blessed to be where I am. Thanks, Don. Thank you.
0: Thank you for joining us. Please be with us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everyone. Thank you, sir.
1: Thank you. Good Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, And remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com.